it's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day, he's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. Today's interview is going to be so much fun. Seven-time PGA Tour winner Peter Jacobson is going to join us. The CJ Cup is firing on all cylinders in Las Vegas, and so is Phil online. More on that later. J.R. Smith competes in his first collegiate tournament. You won't believe the buzz around that story. There's more, but first, the Chili Peppers, of course. Start us off, Wade. What a week has it been? 80 degrees today outside. This is it. Summer's last gasp. That's it. Well, you think so. I think so. I know all my brethren, the men and women of the PGA of America in the Northeast, are just loving a mid-October 80-degree day. They're counting down the days to being done, and they get hit with this today. All my kids do is bitch because it doesn't feel like Halloween. Yeah. It's too hot. Don't worry. Stop it. You're going to get your wish. Jeez. Yeah. Wait till they find out the supply chains. Nobody has any candy. That's right. Oh, no, wait. I forgot. The candy was ordered three years ago, and it showed up in July. It's the same candy. It's the same. It's exactly the same candy. Speaking of the same candy, my Rangers started out this week, and uh, they're starting off the way they finished off last year, mired in mediocrity. Yeah, not so good. Uh, Well, I'm not sure that they actually knew the season started when they had the Capitals (laughs) the other night. Uh, It's just unbelievable. I didn't know Wednesday the 13th was a thing. It's killing me. Wow. But let's talk about a positive thing. Uh, Big shout out to the team at Oakley. Um, They uh, had their Skull Cup on Monday over at the Ridge at Backbrook. And uh, I took a team over there to play and had a great time. Uh, Oakley put on a fun, fantastic tournament, uh, cranking music on the range and some fun favors and everything for the people that played. Uh, The Ridge was exquisite as always over there in Ringo's. No one knows where it is, but when you go, you never forget it. Ringo's, New Jersey? Ringo's, New Jersey. Oh, yeah, exactly where that is. By Lambertville. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I mean, I I proved you wrong already. Yeah. We just started. Yeah, I'm going to ask 100 people on the street, you know, where's Ringo's? Yeah. And they would say, uh, he's from Liverpool? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Moving right along. Speaking of some place or, or someone that people do know, our guest today, Peter Jacobson, uh, has been a star on the PGA Tour just forever. Um, he is now on the PGA Tour Champions, etc., but he's been on NBC for a long time. Uh, you'll know him as the guy that actually is fun to listen to on air. He's a seven-time PGA Tour winner. He's won twice on PGA Tour Champions. Both of those wins just happen to be majors. So um, he's a major guest this afternoon, and he's got some things to talk to us about. So it's a beautiful day. We got an awesome guest, and uh, we we will get to him in just a couple minutes as per usual. But right now, let's do a little leaderboard update out there in Las Vegas at the CGA Cup. So it's the second week in Vegas, and uh, it seems as if the first week the guys weren't getting after it enough because there's no hangover. There, Wade Weezer. Sure. Okay. Um, The leader is your man, Robert Streb. He's 11 under. Uh, with a bogey yesterday. Okay. So he shot 61 with a bogey. Uh, that's 10 birdies and an eagle in his round, if that's any good. Uh, second place, Keith Mitchell, like the first name there. Uh, 10 under. Uh, third place, Harry Higgs, the big rig at eight. I mean, you've got people at seven, six, five. So uh, one of the major storylines here I'm following is that 64 players of the 78 that are in this tournament 
are under par after the first round. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, well, um, you know, there's there's always this discussion out there like, should the winning score be closer to par? Should it be a birdie fest? I mean, we know what we had last week at TPC Summerlin with Sung JM. It was a birdie fest and it looks like we're on par for, ooh, you see what I did there? What'd you do? I said we were on par for another birdie fest. I, well, I missed it. that. I, I know. You I know, know what? You should get rewarded. I'm going to go get you a beer out of the fridge. Oh boy. All right. Well, just reach under the counter there. Okay. Shh, don't say anything. All right. But it's a star-studded field. You've got a ton of guys there. Uh, Victor Hovland, Hideki, Scotty Scheffler, uh, Ricky Fowler, six under par, Jordan Spieth, six under par. Uh, this is this tournament's bringing out the big names. Homa, Morikawa, Burns, Brooks, Brooksy at five under, four under. You got Rory, Tony Finau, uh, Sung J.M. last week's winner, three under, JT and Xander. Um, DJ. Mm-hmm. Um He's there in typical DJ fashion, but not typical DJ form. He is one of like the 10 guys that's over par. He shot plus two yesterday, and I don't know what's going on there, but he was definitely about Robert Streb 11 under in the press conference room this week. So this is the first time he's been to something since the Ryder Cup and the famous Ryder Cup press conference. But also the fact that he went undefeated at the Ryder Cup 5-0, and which is the first time an American's done that since Larry Nelson in, I think, 1979. So wow. a big deal what DJ did. And the reporters love to get DJ talking, and DJ loves to answer them like Bill Belichick. <laughs> so there was a couple funny things. Um, one of the reporters asked him, they said, you know, what was better at the Ryder Cup, your performance on the course or your performance in the press room? So DJ oh, says, Jesus. so DJ says, he's like, well, you know, I can't earn any points in the press room. And they're like, well, you earned a lot of points with us. He's like, you were five and zero oh in the press room. He's like, yeah, but I was five and zero oh on the course. Yeah. So he, 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 he went on further to be asked if golf, because he'd been playing so well, ever gets boring to him. And he, he was so eloquent to to explain his kind of philosophy on practice and playing. He said that he loves tournaments and he loves competing. And he said, well, you know, if I'm, if I'm hitting it well and I stop practicing because I don't want it to go away. <laughs> and if I'm hitting it bad, then I get bored and I quit practicing because I don't want to continue hitting it bad. So makes sense. It seems like still a stupid question, but I like his answer. (laughs) If you break it down, if he's hitting it good, he doesn't want to practice. If he's hitting it bad, he gets bored and he doesn't want to practice. Essentially, does very little practicing. Um, How talented is this guy? I I have no idea. Speaking of talented guys, uh, Phil has been fighting everyone this week online. Um, Maybe we'll touch a little bit more on this later in the weekly update. But as for now, it seems as if that uh, premier golf league that had reared its ugly head all throughout the year, Mm -hmm. um, this uh, Middle Eastern uh, Saudi based um, money. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. More money. Phil's got no problems. No, Phil's got problems, but that's with other things now. But what's interesting to me about this storyline is that. It seems as if Phil is almost trying to disenfranchise himself from the American institutions in golf. It's okay. kind of weird. And I've been hearing rumors. So I was up last week at Cognizant uh, at the LPGA, and there was a number of people there that are in the know of certain things. And it, it sounds like Phil um, is being extremely heavily courted by the PGL. Hmm. Yes, I know. Russians? It's, it's interesting. No, uh, the Saudis. I'm sorry, Saudis? Yes, the Saudis. And uh, um, They're both troublemakers. Yeah. I Well, we can't say that. I can say that. You can't say that. Uh, well, I'm not saying that at all, folks. 
way to saying that. I'm not saying that. It's trouble for, I think, the PGA Tour, though, because when you start to look at how people are posturing themselves, so the rumor I heard is that Phil's going to get nine figures from him. All right, here's my pen. You can start to write the zeros down there. Do the math at home, folks. So you start to see these little um, Rex Hoggard, who does a great job of writing for the Golf Channel. He reported on a couple stories this week. So big hat tip to him. But uh, the PGA Tour came out and said, if you play, if you teed up in 15 events on the PGA Tour, you'll get a bonus of $50,000. Well, that, that's pretty deep, man. That's like a $2 million budget or more. Sure. And you, all you got to do is tee it up. Like, you don't have to make the cut or anything. You just have to play in 15 right. events. So they're, they're trying to get, partic- I guess that's like a participation trophy, which kind of. I think it's more incentivizing uh, participation. I understand. I understand. But all, <laughs> all trophies worth 50,000 bucks. Yeah. Pretty good. I mean, and listen to this one. The Players Championship, which is their, you know, Vanguard event um, of the PGA Tour down there at TPC Sawgrass, right? Their Super Bowl of sorts, let's say. Uh, the the prize purse last year was $15 million, and the winner's check went to JT for $2.7 million. Next year, full purse, $20 million, mm. and $3.6 million to first place. That'd be more. Yeah, you think? <laughs> Seriously, you think they're trying to get someone's attention? I think they are. Oh, man. I, think, I just, you know what? We're going to make the purse go up. Inflation is now $5 million a year. Right. <laughs> what? And, you know, uh, you know, part of this, too, goes back to that player impact program. And there's been a lot of news uh, swirling around this because Tiger Woods showed up. Right. He was watching Charlie play at a junior event and all he had was a leg sleeve on. There was no crutches. Well, well, of course, there's no crutch. You know why there's no crutches. Right. Because because there's like 2000 ships sitting in the in in the Pacific Ocean outside of L.A. Literally no crutches. There's literally no crutches. Right. He could use the crutches, but there's none because there's all sorts of problems with that. Um, What a dumpster fire. Anyway, squealing in pain. You look good. No crutches. No, I really need crutches. So he's got his leg sleeve on. But no, he's looking good. He got around pretty good, you know, a little gingerly, but he's getting around somewhat fine and he's there watching charlie which is great but it was kind of announced that tiger was going to be the lead recipient of the player impact program Mm -hmm. um which is interesting to a lot of people and you know twitter golf is tends to be a little bit skewed towards the uh negative side devil's advocate side and they were just like tiger woods hasn't hit a shot you know pretty much all year you know and he he wins the player impact program. So like the Max Homas and the Phils and the and the Harry Higgses, all the guys that try to promote themselves, the Joel Damons of the world, um, Jim Herman, New Jersey's finest. Everybody thinks he should have won right. the number one place because of all the the pip um, tweeting that he does. And uh, anyway, so it's there's forty million to give out. I think Jimmy Herman will get some, and uh, as a result, he should keep going because he's very entertaining. But at the same time, they get the. The rumor is, is that Tiger's going to get eight million for wow. being in first. Yeah. Eight million to wear a leg sleeve. You Not know, bad work if you can get it. I tell you, you know, but he looked great, though. You know, he looked like he was in good shape. And, uh, you know, it, if he never plays another round of golf, I mean, it, that would be very sad. But if he can walk around and follow his son, play golf and compete in golf tournaments and enjoy that part, um, basically as a normal adult, you know, walking. Sure. And, uh, you know, I mean, you think back to that car crash on February 23rd and the first time you saw the car and, you know, the news world kind of just all, you know, just dropped right there on um, Southern California. You were like, holy moly. Yeah. You're waiting for really bad, news. really bad news. Right. So fast forward. What are we? Ten months later? Uh, no. Eight months later. Um, 
Give me my pen back for the math, okay? <laughs> uh, eight months later, and uh, Tiger is with his son and uh, watching a little golf, and he's got a smile on his face. Uh, big debut, Hero World Challenge. His event in the Bahamas is in early December. I think we're, we're probably going to get an appearance or a press conference then, so we're fingers crossed for that, and fingers crossed for just a quick recovery all around or just a steady recovery at this point, and hopefully we do get to see him in December. But you know who you get to see running around the state of New Jersey all the time? That's the New Jersey Golf Foundation. The charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. Led by PGA professionals, programming for youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs provides the opportunity to experience the game in a welcoming environment. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732 465 122 one two you know what time it is it's peter jacobson time or about 315 on a friday <laughs> 80 degrees out there in new york thanks for listening to espn 920 be back in a moment can't stop addicted to the shindig chop chop he says i'm gonna win big choose not to life of imitation johnson jay williams and zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're Keith, not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when Keith, it comes Keith, to clearing it out. Y'all take care of business. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe <laughs> well, Dinkins, Bar, team Bar, of me. Bar, his name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, me Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Sean, J. Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming led by PGA professionals. So individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. An exciting new development is coming soon as the Inspiration Golf Range on the campus of the Lions VA Medical Center in Somerset County will serve as a new golf training facility for Special Olympics New Jersey as well as the new home site for the PGA Hope, a rehabilitative golf program for veterans. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. And you're listening to ESPN 920. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. In many ways, I've always looked up to our guest. He's a champion on the course, in the grill room, and in the golf community. Peter Jacobson has made golf more enjoyable his entire career. His perspective paved the way for so many modern features of the game we enjoy today. Forget Top Golf. Peter was the beginning of entertainment golf. I can't even imagine where this conversation will lead this afternoon, but speaking of leads, recognize this singer? To the right side. Love it, and we love Peter Jacobson. Peter, welcome to the Pro Show. How are you this afternoon? Oh, Keith, thank you. I'm great. It's uh, it is so fun whenever I hear 
Jake Trout and the Flounders, our, our rock and roll band with uh, Mark Lye and the late, great Payne Stewart. Man, it, when I was listening to that, I was smiling and giggling like a little kid. Well, you know what? I, I think everybody does when they hear your name. And I know this afternoon we're going to have a great time. And I want to jump right into it because I want my listeners to get to know you as I have followed you for the longest time um, professionally, um, not only on the golf course, but in the TV booth and all the different fun things you did for the Golf Channel with Sign Boy and, and all these different things. So if you had one word to describe golf in 2021, what would you choose? Well, that's a great question, Keith. One word to describe golf today, I would say it's probably, the word would be interactive. And I think that's a good thing, simply because the young kids on tour today really understand why they're there. They understand that people love the game. They're really involved in social media. They do a great job on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all that. It's kind of unfair because the kids are on Instagram and, as I said, uh, Facebook. Here I am right now. I'm on Flomax and Cialis. So it's not a fair fight. That's what's uh, that's the challenge, being an older guy. But I, I think the interactive aspect of golf benefits everybody, not just the tour players, not just the top amateurs, not just the the people who play golf for a living like you and me, but the golf fan, the average golf fan, the emerging player, uh, the fact that they feel so close to the Tigers and the Phils and the the Rory McIlroys. And so to me, interactive would be, would be the word I would use. Well, I'll tell you what. Don't don't sell yourself short there, Judge. You know, you, you have had an interactive approach for a long time. And I think back to Peter's party and the Fred Meyer challenge and what you used to do up there in Portland. Um, you know, when you got to the tour and you took your personality, how did all of that come together and that you you took this interactive approach? Because that was a while ago. And, you know, it seems like the golf world is just catching on to that in the last five years or so. I think I was pretty lucky, Keith. Early on in my career, I got connected with Arnold Palmer. I signed with International Management Group, IMG, which is Mark McCormick's management company. Arnold was a was one of the founding members of IMG with Mark. And as a result, I ended up playing a lot of events and doing a lot of pro-ams and exhibitions with Arnold. And Arnold always talked about how important it was to reach outside the ropes figuratively and bring people inside the ropes with you. We don't need to be a bunch of robots walking down the fairway, hitting five irons, 225 yards. Who cares? We're there for the golf fan. And I think that's where I started from. I, I love people. I loved being involved with people in the game of golf. And I don't think anybody embodied that more than Arnold. And we've seen those type of players over the years. I wish we had more of those because that really defines the character of the game when you talk about the Trevinos, Fuzzy Zeller, Chichi Rodriguez, Arnold Palmer, Gary Player. Gary Player, the Black Knight, everybody looks at him as, as the serious player, but there, there aren't many people in the game. Certainly at his age, he's now in his 80s, 
but who is as, as interactive and welcoming in the game as Gary Player. So I think early on in my career, I was uh, I was in that arena already, probably because of my relationship with Arnold. You talk about characters of the game. Uh, one of the major characters of the game for years has been John Daly. And I'll never forget it. One of those Peter's Party, uh, Fred Meyer Challenge pro-ams where he turned and he hit a ball over the crowd. Hundreds of people. I, I would love to know. I've always wanted to ask you this question because you're the host. You're the MC at that moment. What are you thinking when he turns and he goes to swing at the crowd? That was one of those moments in our lives where we have a, an immediate change from, wow, isn't this fun, to, wow, isn't this scary? We were doing the clinic on the 18th green at the Oregon Golf Club where the LPGA played this year at the Cambia Classic here in Portland, if anybody happened to watch it on TV. It's a golf course that I designed with my design partner, Jim Hardy, and we wanted to utilize the amphitheater around the 18th green so that's where we set up the clinic. We put uh, some grass. We, we did pods of sod on the 18th green, and we hit back down the fairway. Well, we're in the middle of a clinic. Players are hitting shots. We're laughing, having a great time. John Daly comes up, and he hits a few balls down the fairway. He immediately turns, and now he's aiming over the crowd. He's aiming over the head of the people. He has a driver in his hand, and it's an amphitheater. It's straight up. And he said, Peter, I'm tired of hitting balls into the wind. I want to hit one downwind, see how far it goes. And he's digging around in his pocket, and I could hear tees rattling and change, and he pulls out a golf ball. And I thought, oh, this is going to be the exploding ball trick. And I turned, and I said, yeah, hit it right up over my family's heads. They're right there. Give them a, give them a surprise because my kids were – they were, I think they were probably in their early, early teens, maybe around 10, 12, 14 years old. My wife was sitting there. So John teased this ball up and I am, I swear to God, I think it is a powder exploding ball. He makes this big, massive John Daly swing and it's a real ball. And the ball goes rocketing up over everybody's head. Everybody is shocked. No one's more shocked than I am and all the players that were seated there. And John just picked up his tee and he walked over and he sat down. And we were all momentarily stunned. We didn't know what to do because it was quite brazen. It was quite dangerous. And a lot of players uh, got in John's face afterwards and told him how reckless it was. And there was a lot of finger pointing, a lot of uh, – cat calling back and forth between John and the players and all that. But we still had to finish the clinic. We were halfway through the clinic. So I had to carry on. Like, as they say in Hollywood, the show goes on. I had to carry on and finish the clinic. Like nothing had happened. Like that was all planned. But I do know that that earned John a bit of a suspension from the PGA tour because of the reckless nature of the whole thing. But yeah, I was, I was totally shocked at that. As you could tell, folks, we have one of golf's great storytellers with us this afternoon. It's Peter Jacobson. He's a seven-time PGA Tour winner. And we've been touching on a little bit about the evolution of the game and how kind of um, Peter was one of the you know early adopters to having fun on the golf course. And I'm wondering, when, when we look at the game now, I'm a PGA professional, you're a PGA Tour winner. 
Do you think as this evolution is taking place, Peter, that it's more about the golfer that's changing or is the game changing or is it kind of both of them? I think it's both, Keith. I I definitely think that we've seen changes in both arenas, but I think they change at a different time. One begets the other. I think we've seen the Jack Nicklaus era, and I was so lucky to have played in the Jack Nicklaus era and to watch his his magistry and how, how well he played and dominated the game. And then as technology started to change, we went from playing with Woodwoods. That was what I played with. And then all of a sudden we progressed into the metal woods and we went to composite shafts. I used to use a steel shaft wood headed driver back when I was playing. But then all of a sudden it was, it was the change to a metal wood with a composite shaft, longer club, uh, bigger, thicker grip. We started looking at the, the flight aspects of the shot, the backswing, the side spin, the launch angle, et cetera, et cetera. And the, the ball speed, the club head speed, the swing speed. So technology changed. And as a result, the players changed. All of a sudden, the players started walking around with computers. Everybody has a track man now. They want to know exactly how their club head is impacting the ball. Is it coming from inside to inside or is it inside to out or is it outside to in and we see on tv and we see on the golf channel and all these golf shows instructional shows on youtube about how the teachers talk about that so the technology changed the players in my mind but i also think that it was in a in a way not not very good for the players because the players became so analytical and they became so obsessed and focused on the technical aspects that they forgot about the people aspects. Golf is about playing the game, putting the ball in the hole, and putting a number on the card. It isn't always about the golf swing and the aspects of how the ball flies and how your club head comes into the ball, how your hands release, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Don't forget, Keith, when way, way back, if a player putted with left hand low, or back when I started, it was called cross-handed, people thought there was something mentally wrong with you. Because <laughs> how in the world are you going to grab the putter other than the way that Jack, Arnold, and Gary do it? But nowadays, it's totally accepted that players have their shaft up their left arm, in their elbow, up in their armpit, They've got claw grips. They've got pencil grips. They've got saw grips. The game has totally changed because of the technology has changed. People in the game look at how the golf ball reacts to the club thanks to video cameras and computers. So one begets the other. I think it's good in some aspects, and I think it's been detrimental in others. I imagine, let's go back to the mid-'80s. And Bryson shows up on the range with his methodologies. I mean, what would the reaction to that have been by by you guys out there on tour? I I think if Bryson had showed up in the eighties, it would have been a sideshow. I think people would have gathered around and said, "Who in the heck is this guy, and what is he trying to do?" Because don't forget, back then there were norms in the game. There were no video cameras. There were no computers. So when a guy showed up and he swung really hard, 
everybody would think, well, he's crazy because we all know that the way to play the game was to put the ball in the fairway with a smooth, tempo-driven, balanced golf swing. That's when I used to play a lot of practice rounds with Arnold and Jack and Payne Stewart and Hale Irwin and Tom Watson. That's all we worked on was tempo, rhythm, timing, and balance. Today, nobody even knows what those words mean. Nowadays, it's all swing speed, stay on your back foot, swing up on it, hit it as hard as you can and as far as you can. We'll worry about finding it later. Let's just hit it as hard as we can. And it's it's really interesting. I met Bryson back uh, as a 10, 11-year-old down in Fresno. I used to do an event down there called the Save Mart Shootout. And Bryson was a little phenom, 10, 11, 12 years old. And he used to come out and hit balls in the clinic when I would do the clinics with people like John Daly and Arnold Palmer. And to see what he's become now, is it, it's fantastic. What he's doing, the way that he is challenging the norms of the game, the way that he is thinking outside the box, I love it. And I, I applaud what he's doing because he's, he's changing the game. You know, you bring up a really good phrase there, challenging the norms of the game. And we get in these discussions a lot, whether it's Twitter or on the Golf Channel or et cetera. I want to have a little fun with you because I know that you would appreciate this. If if you were the CEO of the USGA or, you know, in charge of the PGA, if you had Jay Monahan's job, right? And there's these arguments for tradition versus participation. I mean, how would you handle that position going forward? I mean, you don't have to pick something that's controversial, but like, I just wonder, because you have such a great perspective on how to grow the game in a fun way. And you also appreciate the traditions of the past. And I, I think we need more of that now. So I would love to get your opinion on that. Well, first of all, if I were the CEO of the USGA, the first thing I'd do is I'd get rid of out of bounds. What I've never understood is because uh, is if the ball leaves the boundary of the golf course, why in the world is that a two-shot penalty and go back to the first tee? The ball will leave the boundary of the fairway and go into a hazard or a penalty area. All you do is go to where it entered, drop the ball, take a one-shot penalty, and keep going. That's what, how I would treat out of bounds. If the ball leaves the defined property, you go to where it left, you drop it at one shot, and you play on. So that, that, would, that would be my change for the USGA. If I were the PGA Tour commissioner, I would probably – I might do a couple of things. I would – first of all, I would reinstitute pro-ams at every PGA Tour event. About 15 years ago, when I was just turning 50, about 15, 17 years ago, the PGA Tour started moving away from pro-ams. And there are, there are still pro-ams on tour, but nothing like we had back in the day. We've got world championships. We've got majors. We've got these invitationals where there's no pro-am. And the lifeblood of the PGA Tour is amateur and corporate involvement. So I would reinstitute a pro-am at every event. And along those lines, I would make the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, the event that we see every year on TV from Pebble. February, I think it's in February. I would make that a mandatory designated tournament that every player, if they're eligible, has to play. Simply because every CEO or executive VP 
of corporations that support the PGA Tour or have a title sponsorship at a tournament is playing that event because it's a great way to interact with all the other corporations and leaders of the game and the decision makers in the game. They all they are all at that event out of Pebble Beach, which in my mind is the greatest golfing mecca in the world. So I would make that tournament a designated mandatory event to play in for everybody from Tiger Woods to Rory to Phil to Stricker to it doesn't matter who it is. If you are eligible to play, you have to be there because we have to continue to put our best foot forward as a PGA Tour, as a sporting organization. What better than to see some of the greatest celebrities and actors and athletes in our game playing on the golf course in the same event with our greatest players? You know, last week, Peter, I had the amazing experience of going up to cover the Cognizant Founders Cup for the LPGA, and they do a very unique thing with their pro-ams. They have nine-hole pro-ams, but every player plays, and they go off both tees, so they don't have to limit how many people can tee off because no one has to make the turn. And, you know, the brilliance of when I watch them do that, I go, golly, that is brilliant because it just connects people so well. And I love the way you put it. You know, I would love if Jay Monahan and the Mike Wands of the world were just connecting more golfers with everyone across the board, whether it be players, CEOs, or just, you know, you know, muni people. It, it just, to me, I think that's the best way to kind of continue this uh, surge that we've had through COVID and such. And, and I think it would make it such, it, it, such a better, it would really sustain things for the future. And it wouldn't be like a tiger boom. It would just be a boom forever. And I, and I know that would bring a smile to your face and mine. Um, I do need to bring a smile to the face of my sponsors really quick. So could you hold on for a quick second? Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. Up next, more with golf's greatest storyteller, Peter Jacobson. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Mike Greenberg is Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. But, you know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers, then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And watch exclusively on ESPN+. Today's interview is brought to you by Summit Golf Brands. Golf's coolest company offers everything you need to look great while you play your best. As the weather starts to turn, you have to be prepared for on and off the course. Take a look at the award-winning zero-restriction line of active and outerwear. Yes, ladies, they offer yoga pants and city windbreakers. The Urban Wind Jacket will have your friends asking where you got it. Guys, if you want that cool off-the-course look on the links, try the new Champ Hoodie. It's a hybrid wind jacket with ultra-soft sleeves and lining. You can immediately tell Summit believes in creating products that people really want. Right now, Zero Restriction is offering an exclusive 25% off discount with code STEWART25! So run, don't walk to that computer, and head to ZeroRestriction.com for all your cool golf and lifestyle gear needs. you got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I, I get a lot of that, too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the Pro Show, and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with Peter Jacobson. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. Saw play with a golf club in his hand just the other day. He was looking over his shot. It was deep down in the hay. 
the conversation continues this fabulous Friday afternoon. It's 80 degrees outside, but here in the studio, we are well under par. having some fun on this Friday afternoon with Peter Jacobson. Peter, welcome back to the show. A little more of a Jake Trout and the Flounders there. It was so much fun for us to go into the studio with with our friend, all of our friends in the game. That's one thing that talk about connecting people. We've met along the way all these actors and musicians, people like Huey Lewis and Alice Cooper, Graham Nash, Stephen Stills, Glenn Fry. And when we put together the idea for Jake Trout and the Flounders, we basically just rewrote their song. We wrote lyrics that were golf lyrics, and we used their 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 songs. And they all agreed. They all sang on the record with us. As I hate to tell you, I'm the lead singer. I got pushed into that by the group. Uh, I'm about a 12 handicap singer, but whenever the uh, whenever I had the opportunity to get up and sing with these guys. I jumped at it because it's so different than what we do as golfers. Here we are in the recording studio. We're now putting these these golf lyrics together. It was a blast. One of the most fun things that, as I look back on my career, one of the most fun and interesting things I ever did. Well, I tell you, one of the most interesting people I ever came into contact with in golf is Payne Stewart. And I know he was in that band with you, and I know he's a great friend of yours. And I worked at Isleworth from 1998 to 2003. And after Payne passed away in 99, uh, I had the opportunity to teach his son, Aaron, how to play golf, who was around 10 years old, 11 years old at the time. Um, so I have this unique appreciation for Jake Trout and the Flounders that goes far beyond even just the music and what you brought up there. And I just can't thank you enough for you guys being kind of um, different at that time, which you said, you know, maybe wasn't always embraced as much, but uh, I thought it brought a lot of fun. And in the eighties I was, you know, I was a teenage kid and I was really kind of getting into golf. And I don't know if golf was the coolest thing in the world to do, but you guys certainly made it cool. And I thank you for that well it's it's pretty funny to to talk about that now because you're right it wasn't a cool thing when i grew up and when we did the music everybody back then thought we were crazy everybody fished everybody hunted we didn't we played music i played guitar Payne loved the harmonica mark live played the guitar and we'd always go to shows at night with our pals that we played golf with darius rucker we'd go play golf during the day with the guys from Hootie and the Blowfish, and then we'd go to their shows at night. So it was, a, like I said, a huge departure from what we did from 9 in the morning until 5 at night. But to get in the recording studio with our heroes was, was, was so special, and Payne especially loved it. He loved all kinds of music, and he was, we were like kids in, in a candy store when we were doing this. Well, it's a special afternoon for my listeners because we have seven-time PGA Tour winner Peter Jacobson with us this afternoon. And we've talked a lot about the fun that you've brought and the entertainment side that you've brought to the game over the years. But I want to touch upon your legacy to the golf community. In 2013, we'll bring Payne up again. You won the Payne Stewart Award. You have always been community conscious. And, you know, looking back on your years of playing and commentating, what are you most proud of, Peter? The one thing the PGA Tour has always done, it, it's always recognized the communities that we play in and the charities that those communities support. And I think that's what sets the PGA Tour apart from 
every other professional sport organization. Not saying that the NFL or Major League Baseball or NHL don't support charities in their communities. They do. But certainly not to the level that a PGA Tour event does. And I think when I think back on the days that I spent so much time with players like Arnold and Jack Nicklaus and Gary Player, we were all taught the value of giving back. And all the way from when I got on tour, when Dean Beeman was commissioner, through Tim Fincham as a commissioner, now to Jay Monahan, the, 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 the defining property of the PGA Tour and golf in general, whether it's PGA of America, LPGA Tour, uh, it doesn't matter. The overriding umbrella aspect of golf is charity and the communities and the volunteers because we're all connected with one love, golf. I don't care if you're a, a tour player, if you're Tiger Woods, Jack Nicklaus, Rory McIlroy, or you're a beginner. It doesn't matter. We all love golf. We can all go out and play together, not really caring about how well you drive it or how well you put it, but we connect as people. And I think probably the most important aspect of my career has been that, trying to bring people together through golf, through the music we just talked about with Jake Trout and the Flounders, through the impressions. I used to do impressions of golfers at clinics, just trying to make people laugh and understand that even though we're out there trying to make money and make our living and support our family, we're having a blast doing it. And I think, I think that's why I, I, I really push to have the players smile a little bit more from the first team of the 18th green. Yeah, you're serious. You can, you can, you can do whatever you want. You can be Ben Hogan like while you're out there, but once you're done, let people know why, why you're there. You're having a blast and you love the game of golf. And, I think that's the one thing. I just wanted to always be known as a contributor. Well, you know what? You're about to make a major contribution. And talk about bringing people together. The World Champions Cup is coming next fall in 2022 to PGA Tour Champions. What is this event that you're creating? There, are, People talk about team events. And I think we just saw a Ryder Cup a couple of, well, what was it, like three, four weeks ago. It was a dominating victory by the United States, but the United States has not always been that successful in the last 20 years. So when you start looking at events like the Ryder Cup or the President's Cup or the Solheim Cup on the LPGA Tour, for some reason, people gravitate toward team golf. We play medal play. We play stroke play every week on tour and the lowest score wins. But whether it's on the LPGA Tour or the PGA Tour, team golf, me against you, my team against your team, for no money, has always been very compelling in the world of golf. So we put together an idea to continue that for players over 50. So we're introducing a new event, as you, as you just pointed out, the World Champions Cup next November. It's going to involve the three teams that we see in the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup, the United States, captained by Jim Furyk, Europe, captained by Darren Clark, and the international team, captained by Ernie Els. We've put together a unique format to where each hole is worth a point. So you'll be able to see each team playing together in a group, not winning holes like one up, two up, three up, but winning points. So 
you'll see we're going to have a series of nine-hole matches. So you can see that if you lose the first five holes, you're not five down and you walk into the clubhouse. You can win the next four holes and only lose one point for your team. So it's going to be a unique format, and we're going to be able to see players like Jarek and Ells and Stricker and Nicholson and Couples and Harrington and Jimenez and all the players that are over 50 that we see on the Champions Tour now. We're going to see them rekindling those rivalries and those relationships in world team golf at the World Champions Cup. So it's going to be really fun. It's going to be an interesting format, and I think it's going to add to the to the already interesting group of Ryder Cup, President's Cup, and Solheim Cup competitions. I tell you what, next early next fall, I got to have you come back on the show when all the details are ironed out and do another preview for us because I tell you, it, I'm I'm totally engaged on this because it takes all the best parts of the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup and the Solheim Cup and it kind of brings them together. But so many amateur golfers play in member guests that are nine-hole matches, so it really connects them to the audience that's going to be watching. I, I think this is a fantastic idea. And you're right. It's, I, I didn't want to use the word uh, member guest-ish type format, but that, Keith, that's exactly right. So I think people at their clubs will probably be able to, to adopt the same type of format, uh, vice versa, back and forth. So we're going to be able to uh, connect not only with the amateur players and the, and the world of golf, but let these great players that play on the Champions Tour now be able to continue their their competitions against uh, their good friends around the world. Peter, you were leading the way decades ago and you're still doing it now. I love it. And uh, there's one thing though, that my audience loves and that's a little rapid fire Q and a, they, they love to get to know my guests on a little bit more of a uh, personal level. You up for a little more fun today? Absolutely. Here we go. Favorite golf impression you love to do. Well, it was always to me, it was always Arnold because everybody loved Arnold. And, you know, Arnold had that very unique swing. Players from that era, there were no video cameras. So I would say it was Arnold because it, it got the biggest the biggest round of applause because everybody loved Arnold. How many hole-in-ones do you have? I've got 19 holes-in-one, and I'm, I'm stuck there. I can't wait. I can't wait to get 20. On a scale of 1 to 10, rate your fashion sense. Oh, my fashion sense on a scale of one to ten, I would say is probably about a six because I listen to my wife. She tells me what to wear. If I were single, it would be a two because I've, <laughs> I've got no idea. Guys wear pants, shirts, underwear, socks, and shoes, and an occasional belt. That's it. When you hear the word comedian, who is the first person that comes to mind? Richard Pryor. In my mind, it would be Richard Pryor because he was my first love uh, comedian. And then I would say Richard Pryor and then Robin Williams. And those two, in my, I, I, if I see anything pop up on YouTube of those two, I, I, I take the time and watch it. Two of the greatest. Hall of Famers, for sure. If you could sing for one band all time, who would you choose? If I could sing for one band, it would probably be Huey Lewis and the News. I love Huey. Huey and I play a lot of golf together, and I just love the music, the, the upbeat nature of their of their sound, 
and the guys are always having fun. They're smiling. Huey's jumping around from speaker to speaker. I would probably be Huey Lewis in the news. Name a bucket list item you still haven't done. Probably a bucket list item I haven't done. That is, that is, you're, you might stump me there. I, I would, I, I don't know. I don't, I've been pretty lucky in my life. I've pretty much done everything. I, I probably would say jump out of an airplane, go skydiving. I haven't done that yet, but I'm not sure if I got up into that airplane, I could, I could jump out of that airplane unless it was crashing. If you were a teacher, what subject would you teach? I would probably choose to to teach public relations. I think that's the most important aspect of our society, getting along with each other. We've got too much infighting, too much politics, too much, I'm right, you're wrong, I would teach PR. Last one, best piece of advice you ever received? Probably the best piece of advice I ever received was from my dad. He said, when you have kids, and you take them on a trip, don't lock them in the trunk of the car. So I would say that would be, no, I'm just joking. Um, best piece of advice I would, best piece of advice, golf advice I received was from, uh, also from my father. He said, hit the uphill putts harder. And he explained it's a gravity thing, but he didn't have time to explain gravity. So I'm going to go with that. All right. Well, you know what, Peter? You have lived up to the billing this afternoon. I can't thank you enough for being on the pro show with us. Keith, great to talk with you, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Absolutely. You know, folks, it's fast approaching 4 p.m. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We're coming back to wrap up today's show with the weekly update. The Max Kellerman Show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So he got away with it, 650 Gs. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I, you can't just not show up for work. But, but if he's not, like, doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks, I mean, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show, weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Join the thousands of golfers who already call Stick and Hack their home for the best golf stories, original podcasts, special events, member perks, and an active community of golfers across North America. Up until now, the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight PGA coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts. We take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf, life, and all the ways this amazing game connects Sticks and Hacks every day. Your free membership entitles you to discounts from major brands all over the country while connecting you with like-minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even a round of golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest golf club without the course. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Cause you're a sky, cause you're a sky full of stars. I'm gonna give you my heart. Welcome back to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the Director of Fun, and you're listening to ESPN 920. Peter was our guest today, and he was fantastic. You want to share that interview with a friend? Well, you know the show will be posted tonight online, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all the normal spots. Speaking of normal spots, get on Twitter and join our conversation. Follow me at at KJStewartDOF. 
Oh, man. We are having so much fun connecting with others. You got to get in there. Speaking of being connected, you know you can listen to us anywhere worldwide at 920ESPNNewJersey.com. You just hit that Listen Now button. You know what? Hear that music building? I want you to play this song in your head this weekend. I don't care if you're making an entrance to Panera Bread or a party. You're a star. Embrace it. DJ Wade, hit it. Very nicely done there this afternoon, Mr. Wade Weezer, on all fronts. DJ. That's it, man. DJ Wade. GTL. Always. Yeah. Takes me back to my Orlando days. In yeah, a good way. You, you In a good well, way. <laughs> you were way. talking uh, when the mics were off about some of your Orlando days. Let's just say we'll keep the mics off. Yes, for sure. But now that the mic's on, let's talk about our sponsors of the weekly update. And that's TaylorMade. And they're introducing their all new P790 irons. And iron is more than metal. It is the result of countless hours of research, testing, and player feedback. From concept to delivery, every step is taken with one goal in mind. Delivering results when you need them most. With a forged face and speed foam air for more speed and better feel. Get fit for the all-new P790 irons and discover the player they'll push you to become. You know where to go. That's TaylorMadeGolf.com. The USGA versus Phil. I told you we are going to get there. Well, we're here. And Liberty Corner and St. Andrews, because it's the USGA and the RNA, have announced that the new model local rule will be available beginning January 1st, 2022, to provide those running professional or elite amateur golf competitions the option of limiting the maximum length of a golf club, excluding putters, to 46 inches. The proposal was announced in February 2021, which opened a notice and comment period to allow the industry the opportunity to provide feedback. Well, the comments received from the golf industry, including players, professional tours, and equipment manufacturers, were carefully considered before the decision to proceed with the new MLR was reached. Mike Wan, chief executive officer of the USGA, said, We work closely with our industry partners to ensure the future of the golf remains strong. Admittedly, this is not the answer to the overall distance debate issue, but rather a simple option for competitive events. Uh, Martin Slumbers, the chief executive of the RNA, we have taken time to consult fully with the golf industry, including players, the main professional tours and equipment manufacturers, and have considered their feedback carefully. Well, it didn't seem like they consulted with everybody. Phil went to Twitter, and here we go. Here's audio. Longer! Longer! <laughs> Stupid is as stupid does, Mrs. Gump. Really, really though. Stupid is stupid does. Yeah. Stupid is stupid does. Really though, are the amateurs trying their best to govern the professional game, the stupid ones, or the professionals for letting them? I tell you. Yep. Well, that that decision's over. Um, but it seems like the conversation <laughs> has just begun. Hey, mom, I shot sixty-four today and lost by seven. Wait, what? All right, Macy Pate, ranked as the best high school girl golfer in North Carolina in the first national USA Today High School Sports Awards, set Bermuda Run West Country Club ablaze Tuesday, shooting a 14-under, 57. This, as you can imagine, easily won Pate the individual title at the Central <laughs> Piedmont 4-A Conference Championships. On the par 71... Pate birdied 14 of the 18 holes, setting the North Carolina High School Athletic Association scoring record. Her 57 wasn't just the girls' record. 
It also beat the lowest boys score in NCHSAA history. No kidding, really? 57. <laughs> beat them all. Okay. Uh, I started on number seven and got off to a good start by making birdie on three of the first four holes, she said. But I just keep heading my wedge shots really close. And my putter was hot. Hot. Okay. So it was a great combination. Thanks to her 57 and a few teammate scores of 64 and 69, uh, the Regan High School Raiders took home the conference championship championship trophy by like a hundred shots mm. <laughs> hey i got news for you and peter said it too you can change the equipment all you want wade but golfers are going to continue to get better yep we got to go here big big week for jr all right the jr smith update well his his college debut sorry i know it's the jr anthem hey I don't know about rolling in the deep, but but Jr. does, and he he got even deeper on Monday and Tuesday in his first collegiate tournament. So on Monday he played 36 holes. He had a rough time of it, but it was his first ever collegiate tournament, and he was at the Elon Phoenix Invitational. And the former NBA player turned now North Carolina A and T freshman was three holes into his final round on Tuesday when he was stung by what was believed to be several yellow jackets after aggravating a nest while searching for a wayward tee shot in the woods. The incident happened on the par five twelfth hole. Smith walked through the pine straw in search for his ball, and the wheel of Smith's push cart rolled over the opening to the underground nest. The Yellow Jackets immediately attacked, and video showed Smith running back toward the fairway while desperately trying to shoo the wasps off of him. Smith and his group were granted a 15-minute break, and Smith was treated by medical personnel while the group behind played through. Smith, to get stung on the basketball court or in the arena never happens. <laughs> That's one of the very few things you don't have to worry about in basketball. He's right. Or other animals. When I got stung, I was like, no way. Smith eventually was able to continue playing. He had parred his first two holes, but after being stung, he double bogeyed number 12 and then made bogeys at numbers 14, 15, and 18 to turn at 5 over 41. He improved on the front nine. He closed with a 79 in his final round. The two-time NBA champion finished at 27 over, which placed him in solo 81st place. Um, Guys in the locker room have been talking about this, and they've been sending notes all over Twitter. Uh, here's a couple. You know, you've got Chris Paul and a couple of his other former teammates are all behind him. So Smith says that the the guys are really looking for my scores, so I got to take care of business. So when I see them, I'm not going to be uh, there's not going to be too much of a backlash there. All right. <laughs> How about this one? Ready for symmetry? The Los Angeles Lakers tweeted October 11th, 2020. J.R. Smith won his second NBA championship. 2021. October 11th, he played in his first collegiate golf tournament. Good for you, J.R. Smith. You move the golf needle this week, there's no doubt. It's amazing what a positive story this continues to be. Get back in that arena, J.R. We love it. This might be the, you know, this might, this is definitely the most awesome story. I love it and too. It's just amazing. It's fun to make fun of, but you know what? Good for you. Oh, man. He's the, the guy's the best. And it's not making fun. We're having fun. You know who else is the best? No. That's our sponsors Taylor Made Golf, New Jersey Golf Foundation, Summit Golf Brands. Next week on The Pro Show, we've got the man behind the Golf News Net, an online media platform for golf news that you just won't believe. His name is Ryan Bollinger. Producer Wade Weezer. Thanks, man. Most importantly, our listeners. You know I love them, too. That's why, before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about being authentic. Make sure whatever you hold inside comes out. Real people make the world a better place. Trust your instincts and always reveal your inner self. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is, of course, The Pro Show.
Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the T next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.